Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's channel. I'm your host Sri Iyer. As always, every alternate Tuesdays, it is uh, Dr. Swami time on P Guru's. And today we have a very thought-provoking topic. And to uh, talk about it, mm -hmm. to discuss about it, pros and cons. Uh, let us welcome Dr. Subramanian Swami, currently a Rajya Sabha member, previously a Union Minister for Law, Commerce, and Justice. Dr. Swami, Namaskar and welcome to P Guru's channel, sir. Namaskar. I'm proud. I'm happy to be here. And Dr. Swami, I'm I'm just watching all the different trends that are happening uh, in the last six to eight weeks. And, and I'm mo even more convinced that India in its next parliamentary session has to pass the three bills in sequence. I don't know what state and form and shape they are. I don't even know if these are being considered at various secretary levels. I have no idea. But I feel that there is an urgent need. And I'm going to postulate that this is urgent. And I'll, I'll explain why. And these are first uniform civil code, then a population control bill, and then NRC, National Registry for Citizens. These things are, uh, in fact, they are mandatory. Otherwise, India will become another Lebanon. You have been saying this. You have been warning us. I am seeing the trends now. It's as stark as black and white. Uh, I, I have many instances to quote why I'm afraid that this is happening faster than we think. Uh, Dr. Swami, your initial thoughts on whether India needs all these three in that sequence that I'm mentioning. What are your thoughts, sir? Well, certainly uh, we are all equality before the law. So the Uniform Civil Code is a part of that. Uh, why should uh, um, uh, it be a bigamy for uh, Hindus to have more than one wife, but not for the Muslims? Uh, so, you know, the, the, the question is the law should be such that it applies to everybody equally. So I'm in favor of that. I would like the destiny. The courts are in favor. The Supreme Court has a number of times said this. And the Constitution, Article 944, explicitly says that there shall be a uniform civil code. And it is in directive principles. But directive principles is uh, not uh, enforceable by an individual. An individual under uh, and the fundamental rights can go for every other thing. But in as far as the Directive principles are concerned. It is mandatory for the government under section, uh, under Article 37 to implement every item of the directive principles. So that includes uh, this and so many others uh, like a ban on cow slaughter, etc. So therefore, uh, I think um, uh, it is about time we are a grown-up society, and uh, there are 50% uh, of people born. Uh, are women and 50% are male with the plus minus for error. And uh, that means, you know, you have sometimes uh, uh, people of uh, bisexual, so etc. But they are small, very microscopic number. So 50%, uh, uh, we should take it that 50% men, 50% women. So therefore, it has to be one woman, one man. And that is uh, what needs to be enforced on every society now in India. I, I don't see anything religious about it. It's a secular law and it's there in the constitution. Why, why should you wait any longer? 
And uh, the second thing I wanted to suggest, sir, was uh, the uh, population control bill that applies yeah. to all. And for that, I wanted the UCC done first because then everybody is equal and it's, it's a responsibility for everybody to maintain uh, the balance in the society. And I have so many instances, by the way, viewers, people from the PMO office, people from anybody's office, if you want to get data, look no further than P. Guru's articles. I had one very, very, very interesting article that we wrote about. Dr. Swami, believe it or not, there are some members of a particular uh, religion who double register their children's births. Double register, sir. One in Delhi, one in UP. You see, so it, it, it is the way these things are being done is just mind boggling, Dr. Swami. The thing is, why isn't this simple, basic idea permeating into everybody's head that you are a human being first, then you are the citizen of a particular country, then you are from a particular state, then you may be professing a certain religion. The order is fixed. This is how the world order is today. And yet some are being preached. Don't, not to follow this thing. And, and these are the things where that national identity comes. And that's why I'm, uh, you know, so insistent that we have to do these three things. Your thoughts on the population control bills are because I know it is controversial, but I see no other option. Please uh, let me know what your thoughts are, sir. I don't think the government of India has brought any population control bill. There's some private members bills, including mine. And uh, mine is uh, on the grounds that... Uh, I don't want. I don't want population control. I want population, um, you know, management in the sense that uh, people should have the, only the number of children that they can educate, and uh, and also have time for their own personal uh, uh, life and pursuits. And I would say that uh, if you don't want a stationary population, but a slowly increasing population, you should have three children. And uh, two children will uh, will be the status quo. So, and one children will be disaster, as the Chinese have now found. So, therefore, um, uh, the uh, the uh, these three children uh, should be uh, uh, a maximum. I'm not saying that everybody must have three children. I'm saying that if you want to have children, you should not exceed three. Let me also say that uh, some of the uh, things that I hear are, seem to be based on a little bit of fear and that fear must be taken out. For instance, take for example the Muslims of South India. Their population growth rate is slower and the number of children per family is smaller than the uh, five, uh, five states of, uh, of the Hindi belt. I mean UP, um, uh, of course, there the, the, the Muslim population also is higher, but the Muslims of Kerala, Tamil Nadu, Karnataka, Andhra, they have a slower growth rate of population uh, than the growth rate of population of Hindus in UP. And why? Because the UP, uh, the, the North in, these North Indian states are on the average poorer. Uh, um, uh, than the South Indian states. The South Indian states have progressed much faster economically, educationally. And so it reflects uh, the, nevertheless, the difference between the Muslim rate of growth and the, uh, and the Hindu rate of growth in, in South India is also there. Uh, in Christians, uh, we don't have that much difference. Uh, the fear that is generated about Christians is this... Uh, 
proselytization, which is highly exaggerated, and uh, it is used in, in, uh, in, uh, in uh, you know, it, basically to uh, to advance a political uh, um, uh, agenda of somebody who's uh, been defeated in the election. So um, I would like to have one thing very clear. We, we need to have a slowly tapering uh, down of population growth from the roads we had earlier. I think if our population can grow at 1% per year, uh, that'll be fine. At the moment, it is 1.7% per year. Uh, earlier on, after independence, it uh, and uh, medicines came and malaria was eliminated, typhoid, cholera, all these were eliminated. Our growth rate had gone to 2.2, 2.3. And now, since then, it has been coming down. It's not been coming down because of uh, vigorous uh, family planning uh, measures that we adopted. It's because people's per capita income has gone up. People have got now aspirations to send their children to IITs and so on, which is, would have never even dreamt in those days in 1970s and uh, 1940s and 50s and 60s. So I think this uh, panic uh, that population uh, may go out of control uh, is something which uh, uh, is, um, I mean, it has to be seen in a very limited dimension. I certainly would like to see that the religious uh, groups uh, do not uh, permit propaganda that uh, they should produce more children or have a marriage system by which uh, they can produce more system like uh, four marriages, uh, four women to one man, that sort of thing. And uh, but at the same time, recognize that if uh, a, a educated group of all minorities in India, they have uh, growth rates which are uh, commensurate with their economic status. Absolutely, Dr. Swami. I mean, the number of children you have directly determines uh, how well you are going to be able to provide for their future. I mean, they do need help while through their growth years, only when they are like 18, 20, 21, sometimes even more than that before they can find their own feet. Um, the, and, and the third thing, sir, here is the national... Now, before you go further, before yes. you go further, let me add one thing. Yes, sir. I once asked a uh, lady who, uh, when I had gone to for a political program, I had to pass through a village and then we had to stop and sit down under the shade of a tree and have some lunch. And there's a lady who said that she could bring us water. And so, uh, so then I began talking to her, how many children she had? She has, she said she had six. So I said, why six? She says, well, you know, all of them will uh, start uh, helping me in my work. They will do some other work. Maybe they'll help uh, my father, uh, my husband's uh, shop. And, uh, you know, uh, with this that kind of uh, accumulation, uh, collection of income, uh, we, you know, we can afford a better living than my parents did. This is what the lady said. Uh, I said, why don't you send them to school, colleges, and then they will earn three times, ten times more. So then uh, he said, uh, 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 well, you know, where is the opportunity? So I said, you don't have a school nearby? He said, no, it is nine miles away, nine kilometers away. So how can I send my daughter? I said, what about your son? He says, we send him to, for his child labor to factories which are near, which come themselves, they bring their own buses, they take us, take the boys, and then in the evening they drop them and they, we, they start earning. So, therefore, make ed education universal and 
make it free for everybody. And uh, it's not a very big expense. I've done the calculation. And then if they go to IIT, so on, ask them to you know get, make the banks give them loans not on the basis of mortgages, but on a bond which they should sign, saying that after they graduate and after they start earning a percentage of their income, they will start returning to give back the loan. You will see that there will be a sea change of attitude. Indians have a huge tradition of education. They have great regard for even today educated people. I myself see I have a PhD from Harvard, left America and came. I give lectures which are, you know, on the Shastras, all this. It has a huge impact on the, on the public. We, have, we are the, one of the countries which I think our Hindu religion in particular has put education, jnani, a jnani and a tyagi and a sasi, a courageous man. This is the, uh, is the uh, gunas which a Brahmin has to have, otherwise he's not a Brahmin. So uh, let us understand that uh, there's no forcible method because Mrs. Gandhi tried that and she paid a heavy price for that. Indians are, in, 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 uh, uh, you know, I find uh, even within my servant population, they, are, they, they, they do, do their best to control population according to the situation they are in. So uh, I would say that please don't let this panic come about. The Muslim majority can never come about in India. What are they worried about? And I agree that there is a genuine reason to have this in your mind because you partitioned the country on the basis of uh, religion. And, uh, and we are noble enough to say, if you don't want to leave, uh, you can stay here without telling them on what conditions. Whereas in Pakistan, whoever stayed, they butchered them. Now we had 12% population in Pakistan of Hindus in 1950. Today it is down to 1%. Has anybody talked about genocide in Pakistan? In Bangladesh, we are 32% in 1950. And that is, it was part of Pakistan. But it is... Um, uh, uh, um, Bangladesh uh, territory, that is the East, East Pakistan, and then they not Bangladesh, 32% Hindus. And they uh, are down now to 7%. When I, I mean, they, you know, when I say that, no, we have to uh, evict all illegally uh, arriving Bangladesh Muslims, they say, no, why? They are coming here for refuge, you can't give. I said, what refuge? They wanted a separate country, we gave that. Having got the separate country, you want to come back to the very country which is given away its territory and want to live here. So either Bangladesh should give us a proportion of their territory back to us, saying that that proportion of Bengali Muslims who have come to India, uh, that much land you can give. If today we have to get them that proportion, then take the Bangladesh map and put from, from Silet to Kulna. Kulna. A line, it's almost a parallel line. Every part of uh, the, the uh, part above, Bangla, uh, of, uh, above that line, India, uh, India deserves it because India has accommodated so many Pakistan, uh, Bangladeshis over the last 50, uh, 70 years. So I, I, people don't want to talk about this. Either they say, oh, I'm liberal, anybody can come, anybody, this is a dharamshala, just bring your chatai and put down and go to sleep here. 
that is not india cannot accept that so um, if i understand you correctly you think that fears about a particular uh, religion growing faster than the others are perhaps overblown dr swami let's take a look at not one thing but the infrastructure how much of population again i have to interrupt you sorry faster than hindus muslims yes they are because they are poorer but not so fast that they will overtake you in another 10 years 15 years 20 years i don't think even 300 years by then of course the muslims also may become prosperous and then their rate of growth will go down so that's what i mean so there is there is one thing that you will notice if things are normal it doesn't matter which religion you belong to if you're taught the same <laughs> set of principles yeah that is yeah, fine there you are. but All that right. is the problem that i see that Agreed. you have you have you have places where it is being told that your priorities are not what i just set out by saying that this is the order this is the world order and people are refusing to accept that and and yeah. this is where the 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 friction point comes dr swami and i can also tell you dr swami from my personal experience there are so many people who are of uh, islamic faith who have come and helped and and they did it because they they care for fellow human beings so this is not about a particular religion this is about everyone that is from bharatvarsha because we are all sanatanis at heart that is my way of looking at it you may have a different religion but there is the the underlying dharma is the same dr swami the the, the challenge that i see is you know infrastructure wise i think uh, thanks to mr gadkari's uh, you know really really proactive approach a lot of stuff yeah. has been accomplished by this government however having said all that the infrastructure still does not provide is not able to keep up with the growth that is where my bigger concern comes about the population growth that you know we are not able to sustain it because it's more and more you have to create more jobs even see even you assume that everybody gets an education that education has to have an outlet dr swami and that is where the other problem comes provide for well paying jobs and and that is a uh, you know <clears throat> we shouldn't go into economy right now because that is where that problem is so be solved however the basic premise is that everyone has to be responsible needs to think responsibly how much can i afford in my current situation as a family and this is the question that i would like every each and every one to ask of ourselves i think many people who are educated who have crossed that thing into the middle class they know what it is this is where the 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 challenge is and dr swami the third thing about national registry of citizens this is a must because part of the reason if you look at it this illegal immigration or selectively placing people in areas i mean i'll give you a broad stroke dr swami you can agree with me or you cannot agree with me it doesn't matter about 150 lok sabha seats are what in us they call as swing seats it can go either way this way or that way and that is where the maximum amount of uh what i call as uh, massaging happens where they strategically bring people in and and you can only bring people in uh who are not who are displaced because somebody who's already put down roots even if somebody came from bangladesh 30 years ago that person is probably not going to be willing to move the only ones who are willing to move are the ones who are being brought from outside because they have to put roots somewhere and and this is being strategically decided by some parties and i hate to say this thing the opposition in india is dr swami 
<laughs> it's a hard fact. Yeah, accept it. Congress sides accept it. Samajwadis accept it. DMK uh, lumpens. You don't know what being an opposition is, and I will tell you what being an opposition is. But then I'm not the person to be, you know, asked anyway. So the question here, Dr. Swami, is the NRC. This whole CAA rioting and anti-CIA stands, you know, taking it and asking city councils in U.S. to start passing resolutions. Should you know, Indians should be ashamed of themselves to try and export their situation to somewhere else, bribe some city council council officials and say you shall vote on this. And those guys look at it. I don't know where this city is. I don't know what CAA means. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect my constituency. It doesn't affect my state. It doesn't affect my country. These people are giving me money. Therefore, I shall vote for it. This is how it has played out, sir. Uh, that's a gross exaggeration. No, no, no. Uh, this this part, the N CAA, <laughs> this is I'm saying from I've been in front seat, uh, looking at ringside seat, looking at all the things that happened in the US. But other things you can. No, you can I'm not talking about the I'm not talking about the US. Yeah. See, first of all, you said something about education in the beginning. I ask you, when Mrs. Gandhi declared the emergency, Anyone who had any love for democracy would have opposed it. And therefore, when she made the miscalculation of holding the elections, the educated people at least should have voted for her, have not voted for her. But you found the entire South wiped us out. The Janata Party it was nowhere in the South, in the four southern states. And they're supposed to be more educated than the illiterates of UPBR. Punjab, Haryana, etc., etc., the Hindi belt as it's called. And it's the Hindi belt who voted Indira Gandhi out. Not just simply here and there, but every seat, including her seat and her son's seat. So, where is this talk of yours on education? See? Uh, if I might interrupt one, one, one yeah. small interjection, sir. Is it possible, since you were there, you lived through that, is it possible that the emergency excesses were more <laughs> in the northern India than in the southern part of India? Oh, come on now. This is a, in India, nothing is a secret. If, if their emergencies was worse in North India, if it was true, I don't believe it's true. If it was true that the northerners had a harsher emergency than the southern uh, states, then uh, at least they would have got the news. Just because there was a, a, a censorship, you don't think in India news from, from in, we have a tradition of word of mouth. Everybody knew. I went to the south underground and what did my relatives tell me? Ah, that's all right, but we need some discipline. I said, you for uh, you are ready to give up democracy for discipline. What is democracy? I, we don't get anything. We go and vote, and somebody else becomes in the, of the office. The cynicism was unbelievable from educated people. And I knew from day one that the South is not going to vote for us. So, in India, the, there are many things you have to understand. You see, you have to know that uh, there is a long history, long memory. Our people may be poor, but they've got tremendous common sense. 
and uh, the where the english is strong the the british have brainwashed you like now the dmk guy is telling me there are separate race what nonsense there's only one way to find out whether you are a separate race and that is to uh, take your dna test and you'll find it's the same and there's no evidence whatsoever that they, anybody came from outside india the british say so but who the hell cares for the british today they are gone so let us be very clear india is a democracy because we are a traditionally democratic country and at least the hindus have the thing that sarva dharma samabhava you your way i i way we don't have one god we don't have one book uh, so i mean this is a thing oh so many gods but god is one but that is theology so um, my view is that um, what we need is this matter arose out of population control i i would say if your economy is bad and therefore population makes it worse then you are incompetent because india can grow at 10% per year for years and years in the 1960s and 70s when as a young professor i said india can grow at 10% per year not at 3.5% per year all your leading economists including mr amartya sen laughed in a seminar that i had to hold uh, in the delhi school of economics ah 10% and it was narsimha rao he raised the growth rate in 5 years from 3.5% to 9% or 8.5% could be done and since then we have had 8 9 7 like that but in my opinion we can grow at 10% per year because not because uh, 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 we uh, we don't have the resources we are not no we are incompetent you don't know how to do it narsimha rao knew how to do it in the sense he knew who to ask to, on how it could uh, how it is to be done so that is the mindset you must demand i must have 10% growth rate otherwise you out you go he's a nice man he's a good man and the giving of money and voting out you can't then explain why dmk loses every 5 years why admk loses every 5 years why in uh, in uh, north india mrs gandhi could not bribe all the voters don't you do you think she didn't give money she gave plenty of money and i she lost her own constituency of rivalry so start with the premise that india has got the potential and the question is what we have to do you want population to grow slowly educate everybody make the economy flourish not the other way around that control your population so that population economic can economy can grow no economy grows and then population slows down so that is the way to do it and uh, and the the way uh, if you want people to i now today i can tell you even um, uh, i wouldn't say in our, those in utter poverty but we are poor people they they are, they, they use uh, uh, contraceptives and they know uh, where to get an abortion because in india abortion is illegal is legal so therefore uh, 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 what are the the good things that are happening in india should be focused on 
and uh, incompetent leadership shouldn't make you depressed. So, uh, uh, so far we have touched upon two topics, Dr. Swami. One was, of course, uh, Uniform Civil Code, which both of us are in agreement. And in population control, we are not. Let's set us aside. Third thing is National Registry for Citizens. I see a crying need for it because I want the... Uh, there has there is a law here. There's a law here. Only the citizen of a particular country can vote. The Dr. Swami, I'll tell you one small problem. You know, uh, as Indians, we say, oh, Pakistan is an exporter of terrorism. What about India? India has exported toolkit politics. I see the same thing happening in UK. I see the same thing happening in US. So I am concerned that this toolkit philosophy is finding its way into this country also. Point I am saying is if it is well, something you good, you Will you explain toolkit a bit so that the audience who are not familiar with this new terminology? Well, uh, uh, audience, you, you are smarter than I am. Toolkit politics <laughs> is where the narrative gets set by a small group of people. And ah. within half an hour to one hour, and from all parts of the world, the same thing, sometimes with the same grammatical error, will get tweeted <laughs> out, shared on Facebook, what have you. I mean, ah. It's like an instant uproar is being created. And suddenly the narrative is set to that and for the next and, and then the, the channels are ready to talk about that and then go on and on and, and, and you know, completely uh, obliterate anything else that could be of substance that is happening around the world. So that is what is toolkit politics. The narrative is set by a small set of people and they faithfully they have the ecosystem spread completely across the world. Unfortunately, you, I, everybody was asleep at the wheel when this was happening quietly, but it has happened. The left ecosystem has a has a, a, a iron, cast iron control on many aspects of media, many aspects of social studies. Today, you know, I, I just can go on. This is this is all we are all feeling it now. Unfortunately, the point I was trying to say was NRC is needed because the boundaries yeah. are fixed. Anybody be. Uh, if he is born in India, has to have an Indian passport to seek employment outside. When you have that rule, you agree that I have to get an Indian passport to go abroad, then let us make sure that I have to be an Indian to vote. Hmm. Well, first of all, on NRC, anybody who is illegally in this country has to be expelled. Uh, we can't, we are a country which is a huge population. We're not short of population. Like America has got so much land, they can accommodate two thirds of the world. Uh, and that land, of course, uh, they got by what means you know. We are a country which, an ancient country, and had to go through hell for 600 years of Islamic rule, another 200 years of hell from with the British all siphoning out of our resources, butchering our people, um, creating fear in, the, in their minds, all that. And yet we have come out. We got freedom. And we got having got freedom uh, with this very, with hardly any experience, we are able to put together a government and we held elections. Now our neighbor broke into two, and that is Pakistan broke into two. Maybe it will break into four soon. Soviet Union broke into 16 with their most highly controlled uh, uh, you know, government. Yugoslavia broke into four. But we did not, despite all this talk about our differences and so on, we have not broken. 
with all these variety of languages and so on. So uh, I want only thing is that population from abroad, if they are coming from Bangladesh, they have no bloody business to come because we created a country for Muslims who didn't want to live in India. Now, having got that territory, you want to now come and live in India under no circumstance. We can accept. Yes, somebody like uh, uh, some uh, poet is uh, uh, you know singled out by the mullahs and she wants to escape. Uh, we give them, uh, we offered them. Uh, or uh, somebody like Tariq Fateh, intellectual and the Muslims intellectuals, uh, there's a contradiction in term. Uh, don't want to, uh, be, uh, you know, listen to him and they want to kill him. So he, if he wants uh, a citizenship, there's a singer called Sami, we gave him a, a citizenship. But if you have come here and you have come here illegally, then you have to be deported. And the deporting process, uh, we have we not just look for a, for a passport. We have looked for many other factors. That's why it's taking so much time. And we, then we are, uh, you know, taking out um, uh, people uh, who were in the, the list. We took them out because there was the shadow of doubt. The, the extent of doubt was much greater than the extent of our conviction that they are uh, outsiders. So, I mean, we have been as fair as it's possible. So... Uh, uh, India ha uh, has to do more than that. It's not enough to have our own people. But we must have the, a, the, a common language like Sanskrit. And we must develop it to the point where everybody knows not only their mother tongue, but they know Sanskrit too. And that's there in the constitution. In the constitution, it says that Hindi shall be the official language, but it shall have Sanskrit words. It shall borrow from Sanskrit explicitly. Please see the constitution. So this is a uh, thing that had kept our country together. The Shankaracharya was able to go from Kerala to Kashmir. And so uh, by just speaking Sanskrit and all our spiritual literature, our religious literature, literature is in Sanskrit. And Sanskrit is now going to be the language of the future because of artificial intelligence. It has been proved. If you go to Google, you can see that St. James School in London, they are making their children from 6 to 11 recite Sanskrit shlokas for half an hour every morning because the principal openly says that if you recite Sanskrit shlokas, your brain development is better than if you don't. So, you know, with all this heritage coming back to us, yoga came back to us only because of foreigners. When I was a schoolboy, we used to laugh at all this contortion called yoga. And today, it is the world over. So, um, let us preserve this country in its, uh, in its uh, originality. And we can't just make this as a grazing ground for anybody who wants to come and have uh, to fill his belly. Thank you very much, Dr. Swami. And uh, I think it's time to open the floor for some questions. Uh, let's have the first question, please. Uh, Rohit Kumar wants to know, Swami, sir, still we see school history books full of Muslim rulers. What is stopping government to implement real history of uh, great Indian kings and books? I agree 100% with him. It's a shame 
we have uh, appointed uh, um, uh, Mr. Modi is appointed um, uh, education ministers who um, uh, I don't think uh, know anything about education. There were exceptions, but they were removed. Uh, I mean, uh, transferred. Uh, Smriti Rirani did a very good job. Uh, Javadekar also was very good. But uh, since then, uh, you know, uh, if you can't get, if you can't, if you have to make somebody a minister, but don't know where put him where, put him in education. That's how it is going on. What about uh, my suggestion in uh, 20, 2014 that uh, to write to change our perception of our history, you need books for schools, colleges. So textbooks have to be written. So how is it to be done? I said, ask Rajiv Malhotra to be made chairman. I mean, ask him to become chairman, come and live in India for the time being, and let him select a committee. And then uh, let him prescribe, I mean, uh, uh, write out those books which should be made into school uh, compulsory reading. Matter would have been over. In five years, it would have been over. Now we have been to the seventh or eighth year, and we have still haven't done it because the bureaucrats want us share in it, and our ministers of education haven't had the nerve to tell them, you got nothing to do with education. So I'm going to get somebody from outside who's an intellectual, who's a scholar, who's may lived uh, challenging the... Uh, uh, established system. So uh, um, uh, uh, the question basically is that you, when you start thinking alike, then you become a united India. Why in Virat Hindustan Sangam we say five these five principles you should know your identity. What's your identity? Uh, why you should learn Sanskrit? Why you should know the true history of India? Uh, you know, by integral humanism where economic development must have, uh, blend with spiritual progress because we don't want to be like the Westerners all, by, you know, a pleasure, 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 eat more, get fatter more. No, we want this, um, this blend between spiritual growth and uh, economic development. And so, yeah, these are the Ram Rajya, we talk about Ram Rajya. People talk loosely about Ram Rajya, but the actual concept of Ram Rajya, if you see how modern it was, take Chanakya also add uh, to that. And people will know what kind of government we should have. Why is it that we, uh, such a great religion, has no single god? We have, yes, we have Ishwar, but he is not, a, he is not manifested. But we have so many gods, and there is no clash. So therefore, uh, I would say that um, uh, the writing of history is an extremely important thing for a oneness. And I think the Muslims should also know that once they've chosen to live in this country and your, their DNA studies all show that they are also the same DNA as us, which means they are converted people. Uh, therefore, they can have religion as they like as uh, what they are and practice it freely without obstruction but your cultural outlook should be one and that is what uh, i've been propagating uh, if i uh, i've seen indians in america they also dressed in suit boot wearing tie and of course they do it in, in india also at an inferiority complex many of our ministers are wearing suit boot they look like waiters but they still do it i'm saying that if in the United States, Muslims uh, wear the Western dress. 
What's the difficulty in, for them to wear kurta pajama here or dhoti pajama here or sari? Uh, if sari is a little cumbersome, then salwar kameez. So uh, I, I think, you know, they uh, people who are willing to submit to uniformity in other countries, they don't want to submit to some uniformity in India. That's where the problem comes. And uh, NRC is uh, also connected, you know, in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a mild, in a simple way with CAA, where people who ran away from for, because of religious persecution to India have been waiting now for 70 years to get citizenship. Their children are waiting now. Their parents have died. The children are waiting. Why? This is something that should have been done long time ago. And when we do it, there's such a halabula. Why the Muslims are not there? No Muslim is ready to come on a religious persecution from Pakistan to India. So far, I'd like to know you to find one name who came and we refused him a, a citizenship. Did we say refuse citizenship uh, to uh, uh, Sami, uh, Sami, that singer in Hollywood? Bollywood? Did we refuse... Uh, uh, the poet from Bangladesh, uh, Taslima, and similarly, um, our um, uh, uh, intellectual from Canada. Did we ever uh, say no to him? But they chose different citizenship. That's fine with them. But they are always welcome in India because they speak a language which is in consonation with the kind of liberal thinking that the Hindus have. Sorry for taking so long. Next question, I'll be brief. Yeah, uh, Tiger Sharma wants to know, I love Swami Sar very much. Sir, why Indians don't want to reduce population growth despite the fact that population is root problem of all problems of India? <laughs> is it to do with population jihad? Indian population has been decelerating. Please see the growth rate in uh, 1950, 60, then 60, 70, because the census is held in uh, every decade. Every 10 years, yeah. Uh, so it's been going down. It's today 1.6. I just somebody uh, telephoned me, sent me a telephonic message saying, no, no it's not 1.7 as you said, but 1.6 now. It's coming down. Uh, I may be against uh, the kind of uh, population uh, regi uh, regimentation, <laughs> no, I wouldn't call regimented discipline that uh, um, our Sri Guru wanted and therefore we have differences. But I also have only two children because I can't, uh, you know, be able to bring up more than two children. I, I just don't have the time and, I, and uh, you know, get diluted my, if I have more children. Same thing with the P gurus. He has a different opinion, but the number of children is the same too. Why? Because <laughs> this is a thing that comes uh, automatically. That yes, there is a chance my son will become a scholar, my daughter will become a scholar, uh, or a lawyer, or a doctor, or something. But uh, you know, I can't uh, uh, afford for ten children to go to. Uh, these uh, 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 these uh, advanced uh, uh, schooling, so therefore I must have few children. It, it is done automatically, and that is why it is slowing down because people are now beginning to see that it's all within reach. You don't have to force them. It's not I who invented this thinking. It was my teacher Paul, uh, Simon Kuznets who wrote in the uh, 1965, and you have got brickbacks for it in uh, the uh, 
the 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 American Philosophical Magazine, something very prestigious one. And then I converted that into a mathematical uh, analysis uh, and published it in one of my books. That population in the economic development will automatically decline. It doesn't if your economic development increases and you have more money in your pocket, doesn't mean you'll have more children. You'll have less children because you want your children to get more ahead than you got in. You got. So that's what we that's a phenomenon we see all over the world. And as your feeling of independence grows, the you know, population may come to a stop, like in Greece, in Europe, many parts of Europe. They are, they, their population is shrinking. So, so I don't think you should be panicked by this population. Uh, yes, uh, tell people, uh, give them freedom. They have a children. If they get, the woman gets pregnant and she says, no, I don't want the baby. Yeah, you have freedom. And not like America where I think uh, all kinds of vigilante groups are going in the street. In India, nobody objects. You don't want it, don't want it. It's up to you. Next question from Anshuman Singh. Sir, are you aware that police reforms have already been secretly brought by intervention of foreign-funded NGOs? Don't you think it is concerning? <laughs> well, if it's true, it's concerning. I'll check up. I don't have this feeling. I move very closely with uh, uh, with police. In fact, my house is guarded by 16 policemen, some of them with with uh, Sten guns and things like that, uh, the CRP and Delhi police. So I keep asking them about their problems and uh, what kind of training they get. They are all very highly patriotic people. And now I, I, I didn't hear this, but I will check up because if you have said it, I must give it at least a, a check up. Um, I think that's all the questions we have. Dr. Swami, this was a most invigorating discussion we had. Uh, as like you said, you're not going to agree on everything, but that's fine. That is where the, the true, you know, tarka, uh, uh, the debate comes across. And, you know, I'm sure our viewers have, uh, you know, made their own uh, decisions on what it is that yeah. India needs. The important thing here is that it is good that we get to talk about these things in some depth. It's not a one-minute soundbite in a one-hour show, but it's an in-depth. You can lay out the ideas. As always, Dr. Swami, pleasure to have you on our channel. We'll be back two weeks from now. And same time, same channel. Namaskar. Good. Namaskar.